Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you are listening to Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy. You know, supporting women is my passion and my purpose, and finding other women and men who advocate for women's leadership and lift women up is my very favorite thing to do. You know, their stories are inspiring, and they help us understand that we can all succeed if we simply support one another in our work and in our lives. These amazing conversations gave me the stories and wisdom for my earlier book, Leading Women. And they also inspired my new book, which came out in 2019, called In This Together, How Successful Women Support Each Other in Work and Life. So anyway, we're going to continue today by talking with a very, very exciting person, a lovely person. And I'm so pleased to welcome Sarah, the Duchess of York. The Duchess is a global humanitarian, a businesswoman, author, film producer, and wellness advocate. She's widely admired for her comeback spirit, and she has become a formidable obstacle to survive and be a good mother who's worked hard to support her children. As an international philanthropist, the Duchess founded Children in Crisis, which has educated over 1.4 million children trained over 18,000 teachers and built 57 schools and supports hundreds more on a yearly basis. It recently merged with Street Child and also remains active in its mission to help forgotten children around the world, supporting them in education and out of bonded labor. The Duchess also has published, wow, 55 books, including two autobiographies, and several children's books, including New York Times bestseller. She also conceived and co-produced the movie The Young Victoria, which was nominated and won several international film awards. The subject of countless media interviews, she has also had a successful career on several networks as a presenter, reporter, and co-producer of documentaries and specials. You may remember her as her special correspondent for NBC's Today Show. The Duchess is a passionate supporter of a number of charities, from Women's Interlink Foundation, which gives vulnerable young women a platform to sell their products, to the Teen Cancer Trust, to the Children's Air Ambulance, and many others. So I'm so pleased to welcome Sarah, the Duchess of York, to speak with me today about what it means to adopt the art of giving as a way of life. Smart Amazing Conversations with Dr. Nancy. Welcome, Duchess. Well, good morning, or it's good afternoon. It's good morning here. It's good afternoon there. I'm speaking to Sarah, Duchess of York. I'm so glad to be speaking to you this morning, or today. Let's just say today. Welcome. It's lovely, lovely to talk to you, uh, Nancy. Thank you so much for having for having us on. And it's a beautiful sunny afternoon. It's four o'clock uh, here in Britain, and uh, and uh, it's lovely to talk to you. Thank you, thank you. Well, it's it's uh, early in the morning in California, and it's raining. It's going to rain all day and all night. So my horses here at the uh, equestrian center are going to have to get worked inside the barn, which is not always easy. But anyway, this 30 minutes is about you. It's about you and all the many, many things that you're doing. So I know that 30 minutes won't do it just any kind of justice. But first of all, I'd like to start out by t- asking you about your personal story. I do these conversations. I've been doing these for almost 12 years now. And the one thing that I always ask is tell me about you. How did you get to be the you that I'm talking to today? 
How'd you get to be you? The Sarah that you're talking to today uh, had to go and find her own brand identity. When she was 12 years old, um, when I was 12 years old, my mother went to live in Argentina. Uh, it was around about uh, 74, 1974. Well, it was, she left home when I was 12, and then in 1974 she went to live in Argentina, and she never came back. And uh, I think I felt so insecure because at that age I thought to myself, maybe it was because I wasn't perfect or wasn't pretty or mm. had short yeah. or cut, had my hair cut or goodness knows what. And uh, so I think I always turned to food and uh, and I felt that very insecure from that age onwards. And it took, it's taken a, a whole heap of experiences and uh, really to find the heart, to find the compass to the heart, I call it. How do you yeah. find the compass to the heart? And so the person you're speaking to today, yeah, if you, if you look back, you can say, oh my heavens, you seem such an intelligent person. How can you have made such blistering mistakes? <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, uh, is that I must have I must have pushed against an awful lot of walls to try and find that, to try and find the key to unlock the door to the heart of Sarah. So you're talking wow. to the heart of Sarah today. Well, that that is absolutely wonderful. Um, I just before I did this made this phone call. Uh, I did an audio. Uh, I do I do an audio every day for to help people during this time, and I was talking about women's self esteem. You know, women, we're, we're very hard on ourselves. We, you know, and, and again, I think that's across the board, especially white women are very, very hard. You know, they have biases towards themselves and towards other women. And, you know, that's basically why I founded this foundation, Women Connect for Good. It's very, very precise. It has one mission and one mission only, which is to support the efforts, the dreams, and the mission of other women. So this is the woman that you're talking to today, is a woman supporting you that wants to help you in any way she can to do what you're doing in the world. And, you know, we talked earlier, and, and I definitely think this is the reason that you and I are, are connected, is that we want to change the world for good. But, I'm gonna, and then I'm going to let you talk, of course, but the most important thing is, first of all, I can't support other, other women until I support myself. I have to figure out who I am, what I'm all about, and, what's, and that I'm unique, and there's nobody else in the whole world but me. So you've you've done that. You've taken that journey. You've been down that path. You know, I read your your book. I mean, you're a brave, courageous woman. There's no doubt about it. So tell me about tell me about some of the things that really helped you to become who you are today. I think it's in the DNA of my family. I'm a Celtic woman. I have Scottish and Irish and uh, Northern Irish and just a whole heap of the redhead Bodicea strength and. It is just total and utter belief in light, in faith, in there is a God. And I really believe, um, I'm, multi, I'm multi-faith, so um, I take a lot of my belief from lots of different places. And I really feel strongly that my belief every day is in goodness and kindness. And my integrity, uh, when I look in the mirror, is solid. So I am very honest with myself. How did I get there? I got there by by simply going through um, learnings, and every I call it the little flame inside of me. Even though it all seemed very bleak, I knew and felt, really felt, that one day it would all be fine, and I could look at myself. It was very hard because there were days when, but I would never give up. But there were days when it was very bleak, and uh, so 
it's really interesting. The, my grandmother always used to say, when you feel bad about yourself, give to others. And I really believe that my philanthropic work has saved my life. Uh, because yeah. every time I feel bad, I go out and I do something to help someone else. I realize how lucky I am. And the, that is yeah. a not a trite comment. Um, yeah. So I am a philanthropist. It's in my blood. Uh, the DNA of courage and integrity is, in fact, my coat of arms, which is ex-adversitas, felicitas. Out of adversity comes happiness. And I believe that the knocks that that I've brought on myself, I'm not suggesting anyone else I take responsibility. I take responsibility. But, however, I'm quite glad I've had them because um, I'm sitting here talking to you. Well, you're known for having a comeback spirit. You know, I finished your book, uh, and, I, and I really enjoyed it, and it was honest, and it was very courageous, and lots of lo- You know what I was really impressed with the most is that you talk about it, and it's like you're talking to the person. Here's some, here's some things that have helped me, and here's some things that, that maybe can help you also. And I, So it's a very generous book, so I really applaud you for that. Today's what we're talking about is the art of giving and making that a lifestyle. And I truly believe that. I have two foundations, Women Connect for Good, and then I have a family foundation. So, I mean, and there is something wonderful about seeing what you can do during your lifetime. And uh, you're, you have so many, many different uh, areas that you're, you're helping for, and for children and for adults and health care. What would you like to share with as far as what you're passionate about as far as a particular charity? And, again, we want to help promote these, these things as well. So I would like to talk today about the fact that I um, believe that I'm starting at this moment to an organization called Sarah's Trust where I can say to you that 100% of the money goes to the child. It's like a merchant bank for philanthropy so that uh, what happens is is that all the administration costs are handled by another project um, um, management scheme so that um, any money I get in, I can immediately give literally 100% to the child because of that. So that's what I'm building with that. Um, I have written 68 books out of that 20, nearly 31 are children's books. Um, just recently signed another nine books with the, an Australian wow. publishing house called Serenity Press. And then the big thing I, I would love to explain is that next week, my first thing I'm going to launch is a box of tea, and it's going to be the Duchess collection. 100% of the money will go from the, the sale of the tea will go to help the crew. It's called A Brew to Help the Crew. And uh, it can be done, it can be in in Britain, it can be in America, it can be all over the world. I will uh, give 100% of the money to help wherever is needed. So it's a very exciting time. And uh, so I'm going to just a box of tea. (laughs) That is wonderful. Uh, The brew can do, the brew, say that again, uh, say that again, I really liked it. So so if somebody wants to help, they they can make a brew to help the crew. I love it. I love it. You know, it's it's the reason why I started that was because my mother always said, Sarah, remember, a cup of tea and a biscuit can solve any problem, and uh, (laughs) and she's absolutely right. Because I suppose what she meant was, what she meant was that by the time you've boiled the kettle, made the tea, and 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 taken time to yourself, stop, got off the telephone, you probably can find the solution because you've taken a moment to be with yourself. Um, yeah. So, so. <laughs> well, 
Well, I, I love that because, you know, you talk about it also in the book a little bit. We, I call it stinking thinking, by the way. This is, I'm a psychologist, by the way. I, I'm stinking thinking. Oh, is, and, and I've used, I've talked to people, uh, I use a cognitive behavioral approach that, that again, the, the things that we say to ourselves, and especially women, I'm fat, I'm not smart, she's prettier than I am. That's what I call stinking thinking. So that cup of tea, what you're talking about, is a perfect solution to stinking thinking. So <laughs> I, I love that. I love that. Well, you know what's interesting is I knew that just in talking to you the other day that we would be firm friends because we we just have the same outlook. Whether you must be Celtic too, we all Irish. Or I don't know what. I am. I am. By the way. <laughs> Yeah, I exactly. I thought, I thought you might be. But it's just interesting because it's interesting because my grandmother you always used to say, um, she said she died at 101 and she insisted her body should lie on the billiard table because it was practical and she didn't know where else to put it for a bit until everyone had decided <laughs> <laughs> what to do with her. Anyway, great Aunt Patsy, she used to say, now, darling, remember you get your sense of humor from, from the, your Scottish ancestors. And, and we insist that at 11 o'clock, everyone should have a glass of fizz. And I said, said Aunt Patsy, you're crazy. And she said, no, no, little glass of fizz, never hurt anyone. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> yeah, as far as people that really, you know, I, I can truly say the, the women in my life, and, and you know, again, my, my passion is women's leadership. And, of course, you fit immediately in that category as far as the way you think, you see, and that you're, you're not afraid to use your voice and all, the, all your resources to make a difference. But my grandmothers, both my grandmothers and my mother, were all three women, very strong-minded, very uh, – they spoke their minds, and, and yet they were, they were very humble and they were very contrite, but they were very caring and, and I come from a long line of, of women who really do want to make a difference in the world, and that's who you are. And that's why the, the introduction from Fifth Element, which is an organization that I'm so excited to be a part of, to, you know, all, all we want to do is change the world for good. That's all we want to do. And isn't it amazing when we get in the room with those people that really it's not self-centered, it's, it's not selfish, but it's really directing whatever resources that they have to really make a difference and change the world for good. And, and that's what you're doing. I mean, that's what you've been doing for, for as long as, as you've been, like you said, you started very, very early doing all this. You know, there's many, many people that want to help, but they don't know how. So how can we reach those people and how can we uh, say to them, you know, giving, the art of giving is a lifestyle. And, and some people just don't really understand that they're probably giving and doing things in their life that they really are making the difference. How do we help those people to understand the art of giving? I believe anyone listening, if they'd like to know the art of giving, is that they, they, it's what I do. I always never lecture, I never preach. I, I lead. Yeah. Um, I lead by example. So mm-hmm. the art of giving is to think. If I was in if I was in a refugee camp in the form, I, I started a refugee camp in actually the former Yugoslavian war. If I was in that uh, refugee camp, it was called Tasovchichi, and um, and I I would think, what would I want? Well, firstly, I would want personal hygiene. If I was a woman, I would want personal hygiene. Um, yeah. I would also want dentistry to make sure that my teeth don't fall out. 
I would want uh, my teenage daughters to have docksiders and blue jeans. I would want my husband to be able to feel as though he was doing something and not worthless. And uh, and I would want seeds for the garden so I could plant food and fruit and vegetables and grow my own food. So wow. uh, I, I went about trying to find how I would get all those products. And, and in the end, we, we achieved it. And, and when the war finished, no one wanted to leave because they'd grown in themselves as well. And the men, uh, I went to the farms of the north of England and got all the old uh, machinery, which was just left abandoned, melted it down and made candle-making machines because, of course, no electricity. And it was just the sheer um, weight and strength of a man to use these machines to make the candles uh, that burnt for 36 hours. Those candles burnt for 36 hours, and what did that give? Light and hope. And I think the art of giving is always wanting to give hope to somebody and is always yeah. wanting to have that feeling that you are there listening. And uh, yeah. and so so I, I'll give you an example quickly, Nancy. Um, I uh, I came to America. I went to work for Weight Watchers. Uh, Weight Watchers, all the we took it from six million to thirty million members. And all of those lovely people have travelled two cities a day to talk to these lovely American people. And I adore America, and I love the American people. And I'm almost an Anglo-American, I think. And I went. <laughs> I, my, yes. What one of my key things is loyalty, and uh, and I'm so loyal to the American people, no matter what. And um, thank goodness for Weight Watchers. I worked for ten years with them, and by the end, I wanted to thank the American people for saving my life, really. The reason why I say saving my life is because I was uh, divorced from the royal family and I, I came to America for a second chance and you gave it to me. And uh, the reason why my children have been brought up so well is because you gave me a, uh, enough to bring my children up. So when I saw the Oklahoma City bombing in April uh, 1995, mm-hmm. I flew to Oklahoma City, found the, the first responders, went up to yeah. the second floor and PJ uh, was there, and his grandmother, Dolores, and I said, Dolores, what can I do? She said, save my grandson, PJ. So he was 18 months old, 68% of his body was burnt. So I went to lunch, and I drew Little Red on a napkin. It, she's a rag doll. I took the drawing to F.O. Schwartz, made her up into a doll, and uh, sold her for $20 a doll, and supported the existing charities of Oklahoma uh, by wow. this doll. The, in Oklahoma City, she's in the Museum of Oklahoma City, and um, and she so you can go and see her. And she has a cowboy hat on and and everything else. Then mm-hmm. Howard Lutnick from Cantor Fitzgerald, he 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 heard about this and he said, I'd love to be on the board with you. So he and his wife Alison, who I love, in 1995, came on the board of Chances for Children, and they gave me an office on the 101st floor of the World Trade Center in New York, and Little Red sat in the window. And so from 1995 to, to then the great, great terrible disaster of 9-11, and yeah. um, Little Red did all these works, not me, it was Little Red who did all these works around America to thank American people for me and help the children. And on 9-11, from 101 floors, Little Red came down, and she was found in the rubble. And CNN filmed it and said, look, a child's doll. And Larry King said, no, that's no child's doll. That's Fergie's Little Red, and she stands for children's rights all over the world. And wow. she, that, that Little Red is in Grand Zero Museum, and the plaque underneath says, the only object that survived the North Tower of 9-11, not a passport, not a key, just Little Red, the ragdoll that stands for good. 
and wow. she was on the front front page of the she was on the front page of the of the newspaper the next day of the New York Post and and I I believe that that is just extraordinary. So Little Red will go on now to sort of write more children's books and become a more of a a long tale of hope, as my friend Jim calls it. She's Little Red is his favourite person and well one of his favourite characters and he says uh, she's got long tales of hope and I I think that she is a tale in herself. It's a lovely story, and so yeah. I think the art of giving is to go from formerly Yugoslavia, then to Oklahoma, then to Little Red, and always remember, no matter what, everybody who may be kind to you, be kind to, be kind back. And if someone's not kind, be kind anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, this is this is an extremely important time right now. People are really having to evaluate and reflect and, you know, with the quarantines that are going on in all the different countries. Uh, one of the things that I, I was talking to, I did, a, I did a conversation yesterday with a gentleman who's all about women's leadership, promoting women in leadership positions, but he said, he says, you know what we need now more than anything? He says, when things start to, you know, when we get back to business as usual again, which we don't know when that will be, he says, what we're going to need now more than anything is empathy. We're going to need empathy and understanding. And I think this is a time, this is a time that we can reflect, but really think about what is important. But, but I think you're absolutely correct. Hope Hope is so important for each one of us to, to know that, you know, yesterday is gone, tomorrow's yet to be, and today's all we have. But, but that, you know, if we can give someone else hope, just, just a little hope, then it makes the, the world a whole different place. You know, I'll tell you yeah. a short story, too. And this, was, this is actually how I developed my foundation. I was doing a, a conversation similar to what we're doing right now, and I was talking to this woman about her book, and her mission, and, you know, and then I said to her, I said, Mary, I said, um, how can I help promote your book, what you're doing, what your mission in the world, how can I help you? And I thought the call had dropped. You know, there was silence on the other, other end of the phone, and all of a sudden this little voice says to me, you mean you want to help? And I said, yes, Mary, that's exactly what I want to do. And, and this is such an interesting thing that we human beings don't understand, that we really do want to help each other, but oftentimes don't know how to help each other. And it just takes a very, very simple, simple ask. You know, women especially need to ask for help, ask for what they want. And, you know, it, it's really anything that I've ever gotten or ever, anything that I've ever been, have given has come back to me threefold. I don't, I'm sure that works for you as well. Your giving is so extensive and so such breath that uh, that I'm sure that it comes back to you every day of your life. Well, it's very interesting. Firstly, going back to the story you just said, uh, you know, that's why I knew you and I were going to be great mates. But it's um, it's really interesting because um, I believe that it's it's much more. You're right about empathy, and uh, it's not really people don't need sympathy; they need empathy. I like that. Right. I like that the, those two words because if you sympathize, you're going into the problem with them. But if you right. empathize, you right. stay slightly distant, so you you become a solid. And rather like if you're drowning in the sea and someone throws you a rubber ring, then you know you're going to float. So I like to see uh, myself as a solid. 
So even if someone sits on top of me and tries to push me under, I just float because then I can be useful. And it's taken a long time to get there. I don't think anybody's going to keep you down, my dear. I don't think anyone can do that. <laughs> that is not going to happen. You know, and the one thing that also we need to understand is no one gets anywhere by themselves. You know, I wouldn't be talking to you today without the support of family and friends and the things that are, have happened in my life. I would not be sitting here. And I can't take any credit for, for me getting to be where I am today. I have many people to thank for that. So I think that's one thing that people need to know. Now, now I know we've only got a few more minutes, and I, and I really think we need to do another call at some time, another conversation. But, you know, you do have two daughters, and I have three daughters, and I'll be honest with you, I was somewhat, we call it a tomboy. I was a boy, uh, I was more of a boy growing up than a girl. The boys came to my house to play sports. They didn't come to date me, they came to play sports because uh, I could kick a ball further than anyone. And so I, I got to be on the, I was on the really good team because I could kick that ball further than anyone. But I finally had to come to terms with I was a girl, and then God gave me one girl after another girl after another girl. But, but my daughters are so very, very important to me, and I know your daughters are extremely important to you. You're very, very good friends and a great mother. But what is it you want to leave? For, what is the legacy you want to leave for your daughters? What do you want them to, to have? What's the, what, what are you going to hand off to them? The most important legacy that I'm going to leave my daughters is is their ability to understand their own brand identity at, a, at the early age they have and not have to wait to 60, which is what I am, I'm 60, to have to understand uh, that I'm actually okay just as I am. I want them to really understand that they are um, they, they, they don't need to compare themselves to anyone else. They are just perfect as they are. And not to wait for 60 to then look back at your life and go, oh, I wish I'd understood I was really pretty when I was you know, 18. Um, why didn't I realize it? So my greatest legacy is my children, that they understand uh, the mind, body, soul that, that we need to understand in order to experience life to its richest and its fullest. I believe 100% in the work uh, to find joy and happiness. You have to first come to terms that there is a dark shadow. And don't get rid of the shadow. Just tell the shadow that it's okay. That it, can, it, it can hide for a minute or two because you got this. So yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love I like that, that expression, I got this. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Well, again, my daughters already are doing some amazing things in the world. It's always been for me now, leaving a legacy for my daughters. But there are so many women that we want to reach out to, to continue to work on, I mean, to, to have, so that they find their joy, their happiness, their hope, but also their self-esteem. So your last words of wisdom to the, to the women and the men that listen today or when, it, this is, when this is broadcasted, but what would you like for them to know today? I'd like to, 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 for them to know about me or about themselves? Just, just words that you would like to share. What's going on in the world? We do need some special support. Uh, I know what, what support can you give the world right now? The, the way I can give support to the world right now is by showing up. Uh, the most important thing is don't think just that you have to bring anything. Bring yourself, show up. And, and remain steadfast and be a solid and don't, and don't sink under, under pressure. 
the other thing I always say is that the way to find the magic of every day is to see joy in nature, to look at a, to look at Fibonacci's uh, flowers. If you if you count those petals or the middle of a sunflower, how many? I, I try and count the middle of a sunflower. It it is the fact that I I suppose my children's books teach me that, but I do find every single minute fascinating if you really stop and look at whether it's the Libra moon last night, the pink or the night before the pink Libra moon, or whether it's it's the rain that you talked about at the beginning of this podcast that is actually a really good thing because it's going to uh, make the trees go stronger. Then aren't we lucky to, to be surrounded on the planet? And that is how I keep uh, the anchor of uh, keep looking and choosing joy. Well, today you definitely showed up. It's been a pleasure. It's been an honor to speak to you. I look forward to to future meetings. Maybe through Fifth Element we'll get to see each other and meet. But, uh, again, I want to thank you for what you're doing in the world to make it a better world for all of us. So have a wonderful day. Uh, I look forward to our future conversations or meetings. And uh, thank you so much for your time. And uh, Nancy, last thing, not that I like the last word, but I don't because you can have it. But and Nancy, can I just say one thing? Uh, without yep. you, without you, we can't reach the places we need to reach. So you are a vehicle for, the, for my voice to reach the silent whispers. And for that, I thank you so much. Well, we'll keep doing it together. So have a wonderful day. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Thank you, Nancy. Bye-bye.